I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi everyone and welcome to Pixels, a podcast for the discerning gamer. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pixels. It's a new year. It's a new day. It's a new everything. We're going to have awesome video games this year, just as we did last year. And uh, we're going to talk about both this year and last year. My name is Patrick Beja, and Pixels is a show where we cover the news of the video game industry. Of course, it's been uh, a little bit of a quiet time these past few weeks. We skipped a show. Um, There wasn't a huge amount of news, but uh, we'll cover whatever little amount there was. And then we'll talk about our favorite games of 2016 and then our most anticipated games of 2017. And to help me do that and probably discuss the weather pattern Patterns of Northern America of North America uh, are Ed Mitchell, who's back with me. Thank you very much for being hey, on the show. Thanks again. for having me back. And Scott Johnson, um, who is also back again on the show. Um, hey, so both of you guys, most <laughs> yeah, that was that was brilliant. Uh, most yeah. both of both of you guys have been telling me that uh, you've had snow, which apparently in uh, Florida is going to lead to riots and uh, and death. Uh, well, if in I the understand south, it's rare, right, Ed? Like, it yeah, it's down there. I mean, it, it snows. It snows a, a bit, um, like a, a little bit every single year. But like, it, it, it's really bad because in the south, it'll rain the day before. The roads will be wet, and then it'll freeze overnight. And so the mm-hmm. cars bump into each other and, and catch on yeah. fire, according to the pictures you sent me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that sounds like video games are a training regiment for that. So well, uh, here, we're, here where men and women are tougher uh, in the Salt oh. Lake Valley, we get uh, winter every year and about two and a half uh, feet of snow last week and no school shut down, no, uh, no road shut yeah, down. You, 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 can, you can plow your snow out of the way. You can't really plow ice, you know? That's, that's a good point, yeah. We end up with icy roads, it gets just as bad, so you're, you're totally right. But yeah. man, weird winter for everybody and the fact that like North Carolina is about to get slammed today is just crazy. So, so good luck. The, it's supposed to start snowing at like 7 o'clock and I have a flight that leaves at 6.45. So <laughs> I should be fine, right? Uh-huh. Excellent. You know what? You know what? This is excellent because what you do when it's snowing and the weather is horrible outside, you stay in and either, you know, drink liquor as they do in Finland or you play video games. Actually, they do both. They're really good at video games, but uh, we will cover the latter. We're not going to cover the different brands of liquor you can stay in and and drink. Uh, We're going to talk about games that you can stay in and play um, because this is a show about games and not weather patterns so let's do that with 
First of all, uh, a bunch of little um, news tidbits, with the first one being uh, Dragon Quest XI has finally, finally been shown a few days ago, um, a couple of weeks ago, actually, on 3DS and PS4, both versions being incredibly different. 3DS is the more traditional Dragon Quest um, view, you know, isometric from the top, the pixelated graphics, kind of. It's still 3D, but, you know, it's the 3DS. And PS4... I don't know if you guys watched that trailer, but if you haven't, start watching it now. And it is so beautiful. It is amazing looking. If you like uh, Akira Toriyama's uh, design, especially, um, this is sort of in that category of Nino Kuni where you don't think they can make anything more pretty in anime style because anime is relatively simple but bringing 3d and better 3d into it i don't know if the game is going to be good as we know you know dragon quest is a bigger series in japan even than final fantasy um although by today's standards it might not be a big achievement um but still it's a pretty big deal but the 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 looks of that thing incredible yeah I, i'm a I am. I've always been this like weird, like just a few spaces removed from the Dragon Quest series. I just always feel like, oh, that'll be one I'll do. I'll try it this year. Now's the time to do it. I want to kill some slimes or whatever. Uh, and I just don't ever get around to it. But so now is the time the to do it, Scott. You know, there's uh, Dragon Quest Seven and Dragon Quest Eight just got re-released for the 3DS. But yeah, they're old school, though. Yeah, but old yeah, sure. Should I start somewhere or should I just dive into this new thing? I think wait for 11 because the problem is uh, 7 and 8 are great games for whenever they were released, which was what, 1992? So, you know, the games have changed since no, then. No, 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 no. Seven, 7 came out in 2000. No, of course not. I like, was kidding. I, I, this but, is like original <laughs> PlayStation kind of level. Of course. Level but you know, RPG, the, the you funny know? thing about that, about those dates, is that 1992 is closer to 2000 <laughs> than today is. You know, that's how old 2000 yeah. is. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be more like going back and playing like Final Fantasy 7 or 8 more than it would be like going sure. all the way back and playing like Final Fantasy 4, you know? Maybe, mm. maybe, yeah. Oh, by the way, the the trucks are coming to get you. They're evacuating yeah, I, uh, I know. already. Uh, That's, it has that? started. Maybe you're going to miss your plane after all. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. so it looks, it, look, <laughs> it looks really great. We're probably going to have a confirmation for the Switch in, on January 12th. Only a few days until, you know, a week until we get more information on the Switch. And Dragon Quest XI is probably going to be there. But uh, yeah, so there you go. Um, other impressions on that? title mm, i i uh, i don't know what to say i mean it's it's turn i mean it's still a jrpg right like i'm gonna i'm gonna go attack a thing and then i'm gonna turn base that thing right is that how that stuff's gonna Probably, go yeah the- it looks like it all right it's fine i'm not a gigantic sort of traditional jrpg player but occasionally one will find me and i'll go oh i like this um so maybe this is it it's beautiful mm. i mean it looks really pretty incredible i love the style of it mm. yeah um, if, if you haven't seen uh, that trailer go and check it out it is really it's good like looking. it's like the new zelda game except what the cities and stuff would look like in 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 that world like it reminds me of that style um mm. so and i'm into that so you know big eyes and anime aside i'm, I'm ready let's do it all right ed <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I am a huge fan of JRPGs in contrast, so like, I think this is going to be awesome. I don't know whether I'm going to pick it up for, th- for 3DS or PS4 yet. Um, I tend to like playing like, J- JRPGs on my 3DS just because I can bring it like wherever I go, you know? Uh, but if it comes out for the Switch, I'll probably get it for that, you know? The best of both worlds, maybe? 
I don't know. It'd be interesting to see like what the if the Switch version is a port of the 3DS version or the PS4 version. Oh, like, it, it's going to be PS4, I'm sure. It's not going to be as pretty, uh, probably, but... Um, yeah, yeah, okay. Mm, I mean, yeah. if... It'll if, probably if it, be on par. Like, what I'm looking at, I'm looking at the trailer again right here, and it'll probably yeah. be pretty close to this. Not Maybe not exactly, but mm. this is a very stylized, you know... Mm-hmm. They're not going for photorealism here. I feel like the Switch is probably capable. I think we're uh, underestimating the level of shading and lighting that we're seeing in that trailer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And detail, even polygon detail. You, you have to actually look at like the gameplay, like a gameplay trailer to kind of see the well, difference. This is, yeah, but this is uh-huh. in-game. This is in-game. And I don't think my, my comment is I don't think the Switch is going to be able to achieve the, this level of graphics. If it can do right. this, I think it's, it's completely... Uh, upending my my estimation of what it's I, capable. I would be very happy if the Switch can do that level of graphics. I think this is very uh, significantly uh, requires significantly higher computational power than what the Switch is going to be capable of. But so I I um, I played Xenoblade Chronicles on the on the original Wii, and the the world like as far as scale is very similar than it is in Dragon Quest Eleven. Um, so if if they t- like take down the the like like grass quality and things like that that I'm seeing in this gameplay trailer right now, we might actually get a pretty good version of the on the Switch. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that would reco- require, as you're saying, you know, they they need to take it down. Yeah, significantly. Sure. Yeah, it'd be it would be like equivalent to having a PC that runs a game on Ultra versus a PC that runs games on like Medium or you know, mm. yeah, that, something, that kind like of that. something like that. Level graphical loss. Um, all right, so that's uh, Dragon Quest XI. Let's move on to... Uh, oh, by the way, talking about JRPGs, Alt, uh, Atlas revealed that they have another uh, RPG, uh, the, the people who are doing Persona. So they have another one in the works. We don't have any information other than the fact that it's a fantasy RPG. So if you enjoy Persona, the team behind that is doing a fantasy R- RPG. That's kind of big news for me. Um, and it we'll- won't be out till 2020. Probably. Did they <laughs> give the date? No, I don't think so. No, 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 no. Right, right. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> Persona 5 has been so long. Yeah. In the two. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Ooh. We saw a new trailer. Some people are excited about it. It was in the um, in the NVIDIA uh, press conference at CES, which they announced a couple of other things we're going to be talking about in a minute. But uh, release date, March 21st. Uh, and there was a um, uh, gameplay uh, portion, a gameplay trailer, which was full of action. And that, I have to say, left me kind of wanting. Um, it was very, it was kind of exactly Mass Effect, which is great, but probably not what I'm looking for in that game. It's just shooter-ish type of thing, which I don't know. It, it didn't really do uh, excite me all that much for that game. Did you guys? Where were you, where were you with the old Mass Effect games? Were you yeah. not? not so much into those well i kind of want a i want a mass effect game that is closer to the first one in that i want more exploration more open worldiness where i can go and 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 do whatever i want in that huge galaxy um or at least you know the collection of planets that are there so what i'm looking for in mass effect is not the action parts and this was just about basically what i'm looking for can't really be showcased all that much in a trailer so i'm Mm -hmm. not saying you know this uh uh, means that mass effect andromeda is not going to be for me what i'm saying is this isn't what i'm looking for in that title Mm. 
I, 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 I guess it depends on, I don't know. I mean, like Mass Effect fans want that world back. I, I yeah, think, they, exactly. I think they, they may think what they want is exactly what they loved about the first one. And they may get it and go, oh, well, I wish they would have innovated more. And this wasn't exactly like Mass Effect. And maybe that'll be the case. But I, I'm, I just want to get back in that world. I want to mm-hmm. be around those aliens. I want to spend time on those space stations. I want to have... You know, no, I agree. So that trailer was yeah. basically just action, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know, Ed. Do you feel like there, there's a fine line, right? You yeah. Have to between like I, feel, fulfilling the fans' wants and needs and, and innovating in a title that is so firmly set in that world. I, I agree with the fact that like you go to Mass Effect for that world, and and having a having an action packed trailer. To me, I look at that and I say. Oh, there's that alien that I really like to hear this backstory of. Mm. And so I'm excited to see that alien more than I'm really focusing on this is an action trailer. Right. You know? Yeah, makes sense. Um, so I I think that I would like to see some more of the RPG elements that were in the original Mass Effect um, because those basically got stripped out, like he said, Patrick, in, in 2 and 3. Um, but if we don't get that, I'm just going to be happy to be back in, in this universe. Fair enough. Mm. Fair enough. Uh, NVIDIA also announced a uh, an interesting take on their GeForce Now service. Uh, basically, it's the the streaming games that they are be, they have been using for uh, the Shield service. Except you can use it on PCs and Macs. And what happens is that you have when you log in into the GeForce Now, um, you have basically all of the game launchers, uh, you know, uh, uh, Steam, of course, Battle.net, Uplay, uh, Origin, etc., etc. You can launch them and play the games that you already own, and it's going to be streamed to you with a uh, pricing model, which is pay as you go. So basically, you get uh, 20 hours of play for 25 bucks for a specific type of hardware. So I think it's a 1060, uh, the type of uh, graphics card you get. So it's okay. You can play several games, but it's not, you can, you're not going to be able to play at super high resolution. Um, and if you want to play on a 1080, it's going to be twice that price. You're going to get uh, 10 hours for the, those 25 bucks. And the reason I think it's really interesting is that, um, I talked, I talked about it on a few shows. I, I've been trying out the Shadow PC, uh, system, which is a French company that just launched like a week ago uh, in early bird. So it's very early. It's basically a beta, but they are doing the same thing except they will rent you a remote PC and you can connect to it with, uh, ultimately, any device, a Mac, a small PC, a um, you know, a, a phone, a TV, anything. And again, you have a full install of Windows. You don't just have the game launchers, but you have a full install of Windows and you can do whatever you want with it. And what's really surprising with that Shadow PC, uh, if you have a fiber connection at least, you get zero lag. I mean, I tried it with uh, fast games and I couldn't feel the lag. So maybe I'm too slow and I'm old, but still, it means that for most games, it's going to be okay. So the interesting thing here is uh, NVIDIA coming in with a pay-as-you-go model, uh, which is relatively expensive, I think. And the Shadow PC thing, you get a 1070 um, graphics card and you pay 30 bucks a month. If you, It's 30 euros if you uh, commit for a year. So I'm curious if you guys think this is 
something that you would be interested in? And if it is, would you be wanting to pay as you go or maybe rent it for the, you know, pay the subscription for the month and then you're you're good? I'm not in the least bit interested in this, and I think it's kind of <laughs> weird. Um, I, I mean, it's based, they even say it here, basically a GeForce gaming PC on demand is how they're describing this. It's for people who don't have access to a gaming PC, don't have the inclination to build one, and those who game infrequently. That is not me in any of those three categories, so I'm probably just the wrong uh, target audience. However, what does make sense to me is they've never, they have not had a good... Uh, it's not gone well for their gaming on demand streaming service. They haven't, you know, blown everybody out of the gate. They are not leading in that area at all. Um, they lag significantly behind other uh, competing uh, opportunities for people to stream games. This is different in that, you know, you can play all the games you already own and blah, blah, blah. All those things are, are true and, 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 inter- and interesting. But they are definitely, I guess, serving a part of the market that they don't currently sell video cards to. And so that makes sense, I guess, from a you know, let's try to cover more bases as a way to expand our business. But what they would really like is everybody to buy GeForce cards and build PCs with their expensive cards. So it's a kind of a weird, it's almost like it's a weird countermeasure or it seems kind of polar opposite to their core business. Um, but, I, but I guess it's not. I mean, again, it's, it's chasing a market that isn't me. Um, I, I don't find any of this appealing and I wouldn't, I, the idea of renting a PC like games is just goofy to me. I don't know why. Maybe that, <laughs> maybe this is the whole new thing where, you know, everything in the future is going to be this. It's all Ubers and, and, and you Netflixes know, and Spotify's. And yeah, we're all going to be paying rentals on everything. And then this makes even, you know, that starts the, to make the sense. benefit. The benefit for society um, is that you, you manage to, first of all, you're probably going to be paying a little bit less if you do that. But also uh, you get all of your, um, all of your, resources centralized and shared and so it's better for everything you you consume less you uh, recycle i mean you 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 use the thing more etc etc um but yeah so i i have thoughts as well but ed what do you think yeah it just seems like like i don't really trust in a like PC that's on some network somewhere streaming a mm-hmm. game to me like I, I don't think PlayStation now like works as well as it as it like promised originally and so like I, I feel like having a 1080 in a machine that's like for, far away is like doesn't really have the benefit that having a t, uh, 1080 obviously in your machine right here just because of like la- lag and stuff like that um, it's like Scott said, it doesn't appeal to me because mm. I already have, it's not your thing. I already build the build PCs myself. So I don't really see the need to, um, to jump on this, but m- maybe for someone who like, let's say, let's say my, my fiance wants to get into, um, like playing a, a game or whatever. And she, she wants to have her own steam account and stuff like that. Um, it, $25 for 20 hours of play. That's, that's a, that's a decent chunk of time to, to dive in, dive into a game and it's, it's relatively cheap. It just sucks that you have to own the game as well, you know? Yeah. So addressing your first concern, I wouldn't have believed that it was, it actually worked until I tried Mm -hmm. it myself and the shadow PC thing, at least again, I'm perceiving no lag. It's like unbelievable. Literally. So did, did you, were you playing games on the shadow PC? I played uh, Overwatch for an hour. And I I swear to you, again, maybe I have a little bit, you know, slower reflexes than a a crazy (laughs) 14 year old, but did you try playing Widowmaker? 
And uh, no. Because you need but, a little bit more twitch to play maybe, a snipe. You know? But I'm really bad at Widowmaker anyway. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you know, the fact that I, I couldn't tell the difference, I swear to you, I couldn't tell the difference between mm. that and my local machine. So that, and maybe, you know, maybe Overwatch has a lot of lag camp compensation. and But the lag between you and the device, uh, the, the remote device, is not compensated by the game. So anyway, I am now convinced that at least in my setup, it works Period. It doesn't work. Maybe it doesn't work if you have this or that. It works. I can't tell the difference. Um, and okay. I'm sort of taking the, the this problem differently from from you guys. It's kind of, of course, if I have a PC, I don't care because I already have it here. <laughs> but maybe if I have if I if I have this service, I don't need a PC. Right, and I can I can play it from anywhere decently, um, anywhere I have a good connection, of course, uh, and yeah. I can get for that amount. I always will get the ten seventy of the year. Next year, I'm gonna get the eleven seventy. The year after that, the twelve seventy, etc., etc. So, right, right, right. I, I might be paying ultimately over three years the price I would pay a full PC, but I'm always gonna have it up to date. Um, so that's kind of the, and, and if that's the case, I think for me, if I ever, I, it's not, you know, now I think I'm going to keep my PC for at least the next two, three, four, five years, but maybe down the line, I could see that happening. And even if it's only for gaming, I would much rather have a, a machine where I can play as much as I want rather than one where, you know, I have to pay again every 20 hours or even less, um, to to re-up the thing but maybe if you're an occasional gamer you know you don't really care about all of this you just want to play a couple of hours a week right on the weekends it, it, maybe at that point it feels like you're going to an uh, internet cafe in hong kong or yeah. something where or or like uh i was thinking like when when you're traveling like if you, if you have if you're not in like hotel crappy wi-fi or something like that like when i go home like there were times uh, years ago when I used to raid pretty heavily where I'd have to bring my desktop home, you know, <laughs> and put it in the car and bring it down the stairs and, and up the stairs of my house and then set it all up. Mm. I, w- I if this works like you say it does, I could see myself paying um, a twenty five dollar fee so I could raid on my laptop. Rather exactly. than having to lug my gigantic desktop home, exactly. That's actually a I good think, point. I didn't, I didn't think about it that way, but that that that's actually pretty useful. The, the problem is the use case you're talking about. While I'm totally attractive, and I agree, <clears throat> is that we're not there yet with the technology. In other words, you're gonna, there is no way that you're gonna be able to have reliable travel internet that is to the level needed to make this a a low latency experience. Yeah, no, I mean, but, I could see, I could see myself like tanking a boss and needing to hit my hitting uh like, like a <laughs> cooldown or something like that and then just not going through and then i die and then raid wipes or whatever it's yeah. just like so that that's is. true i think uh, many games don't require that level of latency you know there are many especially single player games uh maybe you're not going to need to be that fast um and the other thing is if you only have a mac for example you can play all the PC games you want yeah. with mm-hmm. just your Mac. Mm-hmm. There, I think there are too. use cases that are going to become apparent um, once these services are available and uh, that maybe we're not thinking about now because we're just thinking, well, I have my PC. Why do I need something else? Yeah, like there there are Mac uh, Mac gamers, for example, specifically Blizzard gamers who love Blizzard games and have always loved mm-hmm. the fact that Blizzard has been very generous about Mac support. And they didn't do that with Overwatch and yeah. they have signs of doing that. And because of that, 
they felt like they really got left out in the cold. This is definitely sort of a workaround for that, for sure. Yeah. And, you if know, it's 25 bucks per <laughs> hours of, of Overwatch. It seems expensive. So is it, uh, I don't know if this is, this was said in the announcement or not, but is it $25 like you get a slot of 20 hours or is it like 25, after you pay the $25, you get 20, like um, 20 consecutive hours after that? Or like, the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Ugh. I think the, the, it's it's not specified yet. The service is going to be launching in the spring, um, probably in the U.S. only at first, I would imagine. So I don't know that it's going to. Be, it doesn't make much of a difference. I, I guess you get credit, and then depending on the machine, quote unquote, you use, you um, you get. Well, no, the, it, it does. Like deducted. if you don't have twenty solid hours of play in a row. Twenty-five dollars would, wouldn't go as far as having like a set amount of time. So I imagine oh, it's like a set yeah, amount of time. It's you know, it's gonna be like a tank of gas. It has yeah, to exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It'd be silly if it wasn't. And I'm just gonna say one final thing about this. This is just my prediction, Patrick. We can revisit this in a year mm-hmm. when I come back on the show and we'll talk about it. I predict this will fail, and the reason I say that is they're terrible at everything but their core business. They have just been bad at it. All of their separate devices, uh, their initiatives with uh, the Shield TV thing, uh, pretty pretty abysmal. Their portable Shield thing, pretty abysmal. Um, Their tablet, uh, all kinds of problems out of the gate, battery issues. Not uh, at one time the most powerful tablet you could buy, but one of the least sold tablets you could buy. Um, I don't think they're good at this other stuff, and I don't know why, and maybe this will change, but I feel like every time I hear about some new initiative from NVIDIA, I go, just make really good video cards for now, or or hire somebody who really knows how to expand, because it just never goes. I'm just not sure the money's there. You know, I'm not sure if if enough people are going to pay to keep the cost of running these servers, you know? So I think uh, on the, um, on the, commercial aspect of it there's a really important distinction we have to make with the other services which is the the problem with the other services is that they from the get-go try to get a commercial offering that is appealing and they have to license it's basically a netflix for video games and they have to license the games that no publisher wants to license you're never going to get the big games and the recent games the advantage with this is that you're playing the games you already own so it's the first time you're going to be able to play the latest games there are in the world with a service like this and again people are going to say oh but then it means i have to pay for them on top of it and i I have a computer and I, you know, it's more, more money that goes out, but if it does work, then you don't need a fancy computer. You you can have a smaller one. And it's, it's just a a different, it's again, this technology um, being refined and I'm not, you know, I, I don't know that it's going to work out next year, especially, I think it's way too early, but I do think that ultimately somewhere down the line, there's going to be a place for that kind of service and it's uh, it's going to have you know some success somewhere. Um, one day it's going to be all we do. Like I'm, mm-hmm. you, you, you're, I am 100 percent agreement with this. One day being the way that we consume kind this kinds of content. I right. mean, there was that many years ago we were all scoffing at the idea of what's the idea of Steam meant in the PC gaming culture, and it just <laughs> seemed the stupidest thing. And now we embrace it as the platform. Um, so so I'm not naive to that, but also. You know, knowing all the technolo- technological hurdles that still exist that have mm. they have no control over, uh, that's just going to be a while. But when it happens, it'll definitely happen. I mean, I mm. I don't buy discs. So it's just anymore. a question of timing. So that used to sound crazy to say I'd never buy a disc again, but that was in the day when 
the best bandwidth you could get was about a meg and a half up down up down and that was you know that was seen crazy high at the time but that still wasn't good enough for a 20 gigabyte game like those that those have all changed like all that stuff tends to change but i think we're like you know five ten years off on this being something that's viable yeah, so we'll see. you might be right. We'll see. Um, they're also uh, enabling the GeForce, uh, the Shadow uh, software, you know, which allows you to stream to everything uh, on your GeForce graphics card. Uh, they're connecting it with Facebook Live, which uh, Blizzard did this a few months ago. They're doing it now. I think Facebook Live is going to be, uh, if I had a prediction for next year, I'm wondering, I'm not sure, but I'm wondering if Facebook Live isn't going to become a more prominent uh you know, player in the game streaming game um, in 2017 and going forward. Because, yeah, it seems they have. Yeah. A, it's possible. A they have, I mean, you know, there's no bigger audience than the, than the Facebook audience. But um, it's just so easy. I mean, you, now yeah. you're, you're connecting from, I mean, it's the case for Twitch as well, but I don't know. It feels easier for some reason on Facebook. Everyone's already there. But yeah, there's a lot of people there. I mean, I can do. Uh, Twitch, Twitch people would argue with you day and night, but but I, I think I understand the value of community and and sure. and compartmentalization. And YouTube didn't manage to take that, you know, from Twitch, even though already everyone, every gamer is on YouTube anyway. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'll say this about um, Facebook streaming: it's it's already like it's part of OBS now, so OBS can stream directly to Facebook, no problem. Uh, you, what you're just going to see is a lot of. Um, what's the word entrenchment and and also by the way you're seeing twitch respond to this potential you're seeing them go "Ooh, we need to open it up so now they're back to letting anybody on with whatever categories mm. it's not just gaming and also they're going to do mobile streaming stuff very soon in 2017 so they're responding to that looming not threat but that looming competition from the likes of facebook so i i, I think it's wise for people to take that seriously that includes Twitch because they cannot sit on the laurels of a bunch of angry gamers for for the entirety of their company forever. Um, talking about angry gamers, uh, none in sight when we saw the new comic for Overwatch, which revealed that uh, the game's main character, the the mascot, if you will, is gay. Um, Tracer is a lesbian, as revealed by that latest uh, comic, as I said. And I think what... I don't know if I'm hanging out in the cool places of the internet, but I didn't see anyone being angry, which I think is more of an event. You know, we're barely two years after Gamergate, where which exploded the entire internet, and a major character in a major game is gay, and basically... No one cared. Everyone was like, "Yeah, cool. All right, the game is still cool." I don't know, which... I don't know if that's exactly true, but I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm, gonna I'm gonna tell you because I had to buy some weird Maybe. feedback. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I think I have a theory as to why, and then I'm very curious about Ed's take on this. So here's here's my theory. Uh, <laughs> I back if you'll go back with me a ways back in the history of Overwatch, there was a pretty big controversy dealing with Tracer once again. And one of her victory poses, which everybody mm. thought was sexist and showing her butt and whatever. Now, when that happened, there was a big contingent of angry gamers who flipped out on social media and otherwise read it, whatever, about uh, don't change it just because there's a few, you know, precious snowflakes that don't want to be offended. Uh, be true to your vision and let her be who she's going to be. And that was like the big outcry, right? 
Now it's that same group who, in theory, should be all worked up and pissed their tracer's gay. And they've gone suspiciously, not entirely, but suspiciously for the most part, kind of quiet on this one. And I think it's because it makes them look like giant hypocrites to say that on the one case, you know, don't let, we don't want her to be, or we want her to stay sexy. Keep that sweet butt. That's awesome. Oh, she's gay. She shouldn't be gay. Don't follow your vision of what the character should be. Like it's directly hy- uh, uh, hypocritical and very hard to defend. So I think that's why it was quieter. That's just my take. Okay. Yeah, uh, I mean the the forums kind of kind of blew up um, in response to it with both like positive feedback and negative feedback, um, which is I think you're going to find with anything. I just think that this is since this was so like huge for for, for Blizzard to kind of like put it like in the front in the forefront of it people have a bigger reaction to it i just don't care <laughs> like yeah it's cool tracers tracers gay that's cool yeah, well i think you know and the, play more video games you know the plus it's their character they get to choose yeah, what they want exactly. to choose. so so their argument that 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 was true when she was sexy as a heterosexual uh it, freaking boy dream for them it's the same thing now it's just that people now that they don't have any fight there are people that are freaking out that the new Oasis map is like not true to actual Iraq or whatever. And it's like, this is like near future. When well, so I think, it, you know, I just think, I just think people are getting worked up over nothing. I think there are, there are always going to be people who get worked up over nothing. And certainly, I mean, we've seen a couple of threads of people saying, ah, oh, Tracer's gay. Give me my money back. I don't want the game anymore, which obviously there are going to be people like that everywhere. I, I, but the interesting thing is that when, when, Gamergate happened a couple of years ago. One of the arguments was if we start seeing these things being forced into games, then it's going to change games and it's going to make them, you know, lose what they had. And games are going to be worse for it because they're going to be artificial. And I honestly think that Tracer would probably not have been gay and Overwatch probably would have not been as inclusive as it is today if Gamergate hasn't happened and if the spotlight hasn't, hadn't been put on that issue of the industry, which is diversity. And what we're seeing is that it can be diverse sort of, you know, semi-forcefully, if it's integrated well into the the, the intent of the game, then the game is still going to be great. And sure. it's sort of proving the people who were calling Doom uh, about the uh, forced inclusiveness of games and saying that it was going to worsen the quality of the games, it's proving them wrong. Um, yeah. So, And I and think people, just, uh, a lot of, you know... I'm gonna I want to go devil's advocate for you on you just for a tiny second because I believe you're all right 100 percent by the way I totally agree with you but I want to say that there is going to be a contingent okay let's say that this news was <laughs> let's say this news was that the reason Soldier 76 and Reaper are so upset at each other is because they're gay lovers and they used to be and now that's, they're so separated because that's of the what thing. I was going to go to afterwards yeah, but let's say that's the news or that Winston's gay or something. Like he's he's still mourning Harambe's death or whatever, right? Like something like that's going on. If that was the case, I guarantee the backlash would have been bigger. Now, why yes. is that? Well, the dark answer is dudes are kind of into gay chicks. Lesbians course, are hot, yeah. man. So, so part of me is concerned that that's why there's less uh, stuff. There's some people going, all right, yeah, all right, okay. Well, who's she gonna <laughs> who's she getting with? This matches with my Google image search porn parody uh, Overwatch future that I'm interested in. So uh, people who are upset that Widowmaker wasn't her, you know, 
play friend. Fair lover. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think there are going to be people who are going to be upset anyway all the time again, but there were a lot of people who were kind of swept up by the Gamergate movement, sort of thinking, yeah, it's going to make games worse and special snowflakes, which I understand, you know, we're too sensitive nowadays, that philosophy, which I understand. But a lot of those people are sort of got back down from their high horse and they're, and they're thinking now, all right, maybe I made more of a big deal about this than it needed to be. And they're being a little bit more reasonable. Um, where I kind of agree with you is... Specifically in that comic, what was the way it was revealed was Tracer being kissed by her girlfriend. I think if it had been a male character that had been uh, shown as gay, it would have been much more of an uproar. I think we're not quite ready for that yet. Um, as you as you were saying, if uh, it's funny because it's the exact example I took on Overwatchers. I was saying, you know, if Soldier seventy six and Reaper um, were getting it on, that would have been a much bigger deal. Um, and I agree. I think if a man, uh, if it had been a man who was gay, it would have been a much bigger, I don't know that it would have exploded everything in the, on the planet, but it would have been less accepted, let's say. So, but you know, small steps. Yeah. Small. Yeah. That's the, that is the positive spin on this. Mm-hmm. The small steps, everybody also who cares like the same way I feel about ac- finding out actual people I know are gay. Like I find out some famous <laughs> actors gay. I'm like, all right, you know, why there's... are we talking about it? That's their life. That's their yeah. personal predilections. It's nothing to do well, with me. We could, we could discuss this for a long time and why some people disagree, but um, you know, it's, yeah. Anyway, so the, the the cool part of it, I think, is that it was, even if you think there was some noise made about it, I think there was less noise than you would have expected, right? So The bigger deal, the bigger deal is that Winston made it possible for her to hang out in her apartment without her freaking chest monster thing on her. Like that, <laughs> me, that to me is the big innovation here. The chronal accelerator has, uh, works by proximity. She doesn't necessarily yeah, need to wear it. Awesome. Yeah, I know. Just imagine the inconvenience. You're just at the local yogurt shop, just like, God damn it, this thing's in the way again. I'm dropping food on it. There's crumbs <laughs> in it. Like, I'm telling you, that's the big deal we should be talking about. Well, you know what? Maybe um, Harambe can do something about uh, the Nintendo Switch because apparently we have rumors that it runs 40% slower when it's undocked, um, it's not quite, you know, there's no hardware in the dock, but it does probably uh, serve the purpose of making the, the device uh, display 1080p when uh, it would display 720p when it's undocked. It would make sense. That's a theory that a lot of people have been talking about for the past uh, few months. And uh, it seems that what we're seeing leaked would confirm that uh, characteristic anyway next week we're gonna know a lot more about it it's uh finally unveiled but uh, do you think that the dock like allows for greater power consumption and that's why it's able to run faster yeah of course of course that's the whole the, thing like, battery yeah you know? when you're when you're running on battery you don't want to have a lot of consumption uh yeah. so you want to save the battery and that's why you make the clock speed of your gpu or cpu or you know apu slower but when you're on the dock obviously you're you have uh the the power direct to the socket and so you can overclock it as much as you want and uh and that's going to run better so makes complete sense sure and uh finally we didn't get a chance to talk about super mario run because we haven't made an episode since then i believe so um very quickly what did you guys think about the game did you pay for it did you regret it uh ed you go first if you if you bought it maybe you don't have an iphone yeah no no, i have it um excellent i think it's way cooler than i expected it to be (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Um, I I haven't actually like done the actual purchase yet um, because I was trying to get as much out of the the trial levels as possible, which is to say. I have a problem. So you got all, ni- all, all the coins and everything. yeah, that that's my problem. I I cannot control myself. If I had, if I could control myself, I'd say, oh, I got I can get all the red coins and then move on to the next level. But no, I have to do the same mission over and over again until <laughs> I completely complete it. And so I haven't bought it yet, but I think I'm going to. I think I'm okay. going to, and I'm going to go ahead and, and play all the all the all the missions because once you kind of get into the swing of things, I understand like how it controls and stuff like that. Which is very different, obviously, than uh, when you're on the on like a 3ds or whatever. Uh, but once you get it kind of under control, it, it plays smooth as butter and it's fun. Yeah, I like it. I paid ten bucks for it. Um, I that, that seems silly cheap in terms of <clears throat> knowing I was getting a form of some sort of Nintendo product. My only real complaint is not the gameplay. I think it's fine. The adaptation <clears throat> to the phone, the focus on what you're actually doing and how you need to collect those coins. I think is 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 perfect for the platform. Like the actual gameplay, no problems, no issues. My problem is just under the surface of it all, there are indications anyway that this looked very much like a free to play product at some point and they shifted gears. Yeah. And by that I mean there's there's places where you're like, well, this normally would have some way to like boost it with gems or buy some kind of something. And so why keep all of that infrastructure in there if it's not truly a free to play experience with microtransactions to augment the game. I'm not actually asking for that. I don't want that. I do want a $10 premium experience, but I just feel like there's, there's stuff under the hood where they switched gears midway or during the process went, Oh, uh, you yeah. know what guys, maybe this bad strategy, like marketing guys got involved or something. Um, and that just makes me feel a little weird. But other than that, I think it's a fine experience. Um, I don't think it's, you know, people saying it's not a great Nintendo game. I don't know. I mean, what did we expect from a, a mobile, essentially a take on the runner genre? It's it's not perfect. It's not going to be Mario 3D World 2 by any stretch, but it's pretty good for what it is. I mean, I, I find myself really enjoying it and having all the sights and sounds of, of real Mario assets doesn't hurt. So it's as, fine. Someone, as someone who's about to get on a plane... I'm really upset that I can't play it on a plane. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I, bummer. I, I use that. it uh, in the subway all the time in Paris. And oh, that's kind of yeah. A, yeah, yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very often you lose connection. and it So it kind of doesn't work, which is, again, a bummer. I was really disappointed about that. I think 10 bucks is definitely the Nintendo premium. Um, it would, if it was anyone else, it would be less than 10. But uh, there are apparently rumors that uh, it's making more then so it was downloaded 40 million times uh, over 40 million times um in the first 4 days of av- availability which is the record all day all time record and it converted over 3% of the downloads so the way we know this is a firm uh, studied this you know they do this through credit cards they have a sample of credit cards and etc and uh, they can map that with the uh, downloads. And they said about 3%. Apple came out and said, this is inaccurate. Uh, it's not the right data. And the real number is actually higher, which I was surprised they mentioned the number is higher. Um, I would have supposed they would have said this is an accurate period. Um, so, but yeah, so that's probably a good chunk of cash. I don't know if they were expecting more, but it's nothing to scoff at. Um, I, I like the game as well. And again, I don't think it, I'm not sure it's worth 10 bucks. I think it's, uh, it's 
if you're into Nintendo, maybe you, you don't mind the 10 bucks. And, um, but if you're not, wait for it to be on sale before you, you purchase. So. Too late. Um, I already bought it. Oh, well, there you go. You're going to be, uh, <laughs> traveling now, right? You're going to be going yeah. to your, to your folks. So, uh, you're, you know, when you're not driving, you can play it a little bit. Um, all right. And that's about it for the, uh, news items we had over the past few weeks that I wanted to mention. There are a bunch more, but I don't think it's necessarily worth, uh, going over everything unless you like crappy sequels to Double Dragon, which are just as bad as the first one, which I know this is blasphemy to some people, but I mean, I would hope I would get a sequel to Double Dragon that is modernized, just not just basically the same one, but anyway. That's a different story. Um, Landmark also has shut down the uh, spin-off from EverQuest Next. That's kind of a bummer as well. Um, it's, you know, EverQuest has been the breakout MMO before uh, World of Warcraft. But I remember when I when they announced EverQuest Next and Landmark, it was like, that's like a fantasy that you can't realize into a game. It's, it's a, a, you know, it's someone's brain musings it's not a game and i'm sad they couldn't actually do it but uh i remember we were at uh, gamescom when they announced it and we were announcing i was working for blizzard at the time and we were announcing pandaria i think or uh, around that mm -hmm. period yeah yeah and uh and everquest next was like oh, i i want them to do good things because i have a spot in my heart for everquest but i don't see that becoming you know all of the intelligent world that creates monsters where you like it, it felt more like a, a nerds ai fantasy than a game kind <laughs> of you know it's uh and i don't want it to sound dispar disparaging but um yeah anyway. no, I, I had a i had a friend that messaged me when that was like announced however many years ago and he's like this looks really cool and i was like yeah it looks really cool it's not gonna happen though <laughs> yeah didn't seem like they had the I don't know the energy for it. Well, clearly they didn't because they didn't do it. Yeah. I mean, it didn't, it didn't work out, and it's it is frustrating and too bad. I've always looked at EverQuest as like the Diamond Rio uh, before the iPod came out. Mm. It's like a, it's just a such a drastic seismic shift when WoW just clobbered MMOs forever. It turns out, or at least you know they nobody's been able to quite crack that egg for you know on twelve thirteen years now. So I you know. I, I kind of I, I wish that wasn't true. I wish the old guard could step up and suddenly blow everybody's mind and it just doesn't happen. And I as much as I love Blizzard and I love World of Warcraft, I wish I wish it was easier for others to to do things in the MMO market that that really make a difference. The problem is I think most of that quote unquote market has resigned themselves to saying, Well, all right, so wow's just we we're no longer chasing it. What we're chasing now is free to play or hmm. uh, niche audience or whatever it is they, they can gather and get. Yeah. Uh, that's it's bad. a shame though. Cause I, I really like the systems of MMOs, like the character creation, the, the talent trees and, and stuff like that. And it kind of the, the group aspect of it. And, and it's a shame that, that it's just not happening outside of wow. Really? Right. I mean, there are some, it's just, they're not, it's yeah, not yeah, like the, the big thing the industry is focused yeah. towards now, but uh, the thing I think that exemplifies the most what 
I believe went wrong with EverQuest Next is kind of summed up in an experience I had in um, in EverQuest, the original one, back, you know, in, what was it, 99 or 2000, um, was the fact that I got... Uh, oh, maybe it's even going back to before that, to Ultima Online. The fact that you could actually steal, kill someone and steal their stuff... Um, mm-hmm. and, and the thing is, it's sort of a, a, a exciting thing because it models real world and as, uh, dungeon, uh, you know, as dragon, dungeons and dragons nerds, we have that fantasy of sort of playing something that feels real. And if you want to go out and, and steal someone's stuff, then you can. And we sort of want to translate that into a game. The problem is it's a fun concept of the mind, but it doesn't make for good gameplay. And that's the issue I had with uh, EverQuest uh, Next, because in your mind, it's great that you're going to be able to steal someone's stuff and tough luck. You know, they got, got they got got by someone better than them. But in reality, you're just, you, you lose the stuff you wanted to keep and it feels bad. And in EverQuest Next, it's not exactly the same thing, but there's kind of the same philosophy of let's make something that is a, a, a recreation of a version of fantastic fantasy reality when i think what is more productive for a game to be focusing on is good gameplay not reproducing some theoretical uh fantasy world exactly one-to-one so not only that but it's it's uh, the, the part of the problem i think what happened certainly with wow's dominance was everybody went, okay, now the standard is cooldowns and hotkeys the way they work in WoW, and it's WASD and mouse control, and like they, they had to adhere to so many conventions, They at least they felt like they did, uh, that really weren't exactly there with EverQuest yeah. or anything that came before mm-hmm. it. So, so, so what you ended up with was kind of a Call of Duty problem, except I don't think it benefits it in the same way because you, st- you have these enormous costs and time that have to go into making something as big as an quote-unquote MMO that you don't with a shooter with a familiar control scheme. Mm. Yeah. And, and that kind of stuff is just so hard to get over. Like It's now the standard, and the standard is being held by the standard bearer, which is Blizzard. And so anything else just feels like a, a weird half-step, even though they may spend equal amounts of money, talent, and time on it. It's just a, it's the, it's really one of the weirder psychological. It's uh, also like things. players yeah. times, like, uh, the, like the, your time that a player can spend in your game. That's also a resource that you have to kind of keep in mind. Right. So like with a shooter, like, like your example, so someone can go buy an, a, the new shooter next week and spend like however many hours or playing that but it's definitely less than the time investment to actually like get all the way up and going in an mmo you know so people don't if people people like i played the old republic and wow at the same time (laughs) wow that is you know there there was a time when when that was something i had time for (laughs) but um but but now you're an adult and you have a job yeah exactly And, and so there i just started coming to the point where i was just like i might as well just play wow instead i already i'm already established in this game so i, I don't know if i have the the energy to get established in two <laughs> games you know <laughs> well anyway so that turned into a conversation about 
MMOs, which yeah. was uh, uh, expected. <laughs> But um, <laughs> talking about, yeah, talking about great games, let's move on to the favorite games of 2016 segment of the show. As I said, we're done with the uh, news segment. Um, we're going to talk about our favorite games and, uh, and then about the most anticipated games of 2017. Um, and let's start with, I see there's a lot of, um, a lot of intersection between our games here. Um, but let's start with Scott. Um, which games are your favorite ones for the year? Well, it's a, it's an interesting mix. I, uh, there's, I, I have so many that I could mention that left an impact on me, both large and small, especially a lot of indie titles this year. So rather than do that, I'll tell you the ones that make like made the biggest hole in my heart, uh, in a good way. And surprisingly, there's three hitter, there's three shooters on this list. Did not expect that in 2016. Who would have thought, you know, last year that uh, shooters would have been some of the favorite ones? Yeah, I usually am, you know, I'm into shooters, have been my whole life, played Doom and Quake and everything beyond. I, I mean, I love them, but I don't, I just didn't expect them to be so prominent for me. So my game of the year uh, is Overwatch overall. Um, I love that game, everything about Shocker. it. I want to play it all the time. <laughs> I played the hell out of that beta. Uh, and I kept playing in, in retail and I played the other day and I got the Yeti last second before the end of the thing finally. And I was so thrilled and I didn't spend a dime, which was great. Um, anyway, I love Overwatch and I, nobody should be shocked. But um, others that really jumped out at me were Doom. Uh, that's the best single player campaign period this year. I loved every second of it. That ex exceeded every expectation mm -hmm. I had for what a yeah. Doom. It exceeded everyone's, I think. Yeah, it's it, it's it, insane what they pulled off. People with that. people were really worried about like, oh, it's not going to be like old school Doom where you had like secrets and and cool stuff to kind of discover in these levels, and that and it was just going to be a generic like run and gun shooter. But it ended up not being that at all. It no. ended up it ended up doing exactly what people wanted, which was have a nice shooter that feels well in 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 a new. New, the new age like shooter world, but also allow you to explore these levels unlock these secrets and it pretty much did everything that that both sides of the, of the doom camp wanted it, it also immediately knew what it wanted to be yep, out of the game absolutely When you to that door and you cocked that gun after putting on the doom suit that was for some reason surrounded in candles and and <laughs> symbols and then you cock your gun and walk outside for the first time you you go all right it's on like it's on <laughs> Yeah, and it, it was, that was a what a wonderful freaking game! Oh my gosh, yeah, that was you know what? Awesome. What really got me uh, in Doom when I understood what the game was was when they were trying to give you instructions in the on the little screen, um, telling you you know you have to do this and you have to do that, and the Doom guy punches the screen, rips it yeah. from it from the machine, and throws <laughs> it away, and you're like. <laughs> Oh, okay. I see how this is going to work, right? Yeah. It's yeah, so, it's it's so, so meta. Like, it's the game designers yeah. telling you this game is about shooting stuff and we're going to teach you through mechanics how to do the thing. And the first, like, two thirds is throwing more and more demons at you. And then you go in, in hell and you have, yeah. like, arenas where you have to just, just, you think you're never going to be able to to beat that giant demon that they 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 throw at you and and you finally kill him and three rooms later you have three of them jumping at you and you're like and I can do it because you learned how to deal with those things and the 
the the fast uh fps thing it's not a modern fps it's i mean now with overwatch and everything we're sort of going back to it but we had been into call of duty for so long we had Mm -hmm. forgotten the dooms and quakes and all of this and and unreal and all of those and it was uh, to to your point that we didn't know what it was going to be. The, the press didn't get uh, advanced copies. It was mm. one of the first times we didn't, and we were certain it was going to tank. Especially since the the um, multiplayer was the only thing that was accessible in the beta, in the open beta or closed beta, whatever, before launch, and it wasn't good. So the single player campaign came out of nowhere, and I loved. It's one of my my favorite games of the year. Obviously, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. If you haven't played it yet, go right now. Yeah, it's incredible, yeah, and it's, it's and awesome. I and I and I'm more impressed by the fact that in the games world is so unforgiving about historical stuff. They they look at this as one of the great moments, titular moments of of all video games is the is mm-hmm. Doom, the original Doom, and so much came in its wake, and you know, id Software established so much, and that's true. It's a tall order. Even it couldn't reproduce that with Doom 3. Doom 3 was a, you know, okay game, but it wasn't well, Doom. It, it was more of a horror Doom than Doom. Yeah, they were trying to they were trying to say, well, we're in a different era now. We should make a modern game, shouldn't we? That's different yeah. than what Doom was. These guys just went, you know what? We should fight every tendency we have to try to make this what we think people want and instead make it what Doom should be. And I don't know how you get to that. I don't know how hard that must have been. But they nailed it, and it's to be commended up and down the wall. It's amazing what yeah. they pull yeah. off. And, and uh, one no, last thing I'll add. Question. Sorry, just one very quick last thing. Uh, they also added that glory kill and uh, yeah. murder. What's the other one? You know, when you when you you th- there's a chainsaw and the, the uh, melee attacks, and the yeah. fact that those are the things that give you health and and ammo is. A stroke of genius. I think this is one of the things like the Batman um, combat system, which is one of the most original and impactful elements of game design that we've seen this year. And, and you know, the Batman thing back in the day. It's, it's from a game design standpoint, wonderful in what it means for the philosophy of the game. You have to be in the thick of the action. And if you're uh, uh, you, you're in trouble, then you're not going to go hide. You're going to go in the middle of the demon hellfest that it is and punch some demons in the face. And that's yeah. awesome. It's, it's more than, it's more than that too. Like I w- people were worried that that, that that was going to like slow down the gameplay and it doesn't like yeah. at all. Yeah. <laughs> no, I want to go still and play like it again constantly now. moving and constantly going yeah. and it, it's crazy. It's awesome. It would drive you. It would be terrible if it didn't, if they weren't pooping out that stuff, you would never do them anymore. You would just say, yeah. oh, well, forget it. That's fun for the first few, but then now I've seen it. I don't care anymore. But in a lot of ways, they be- they basically created, like in Diablo, barrels and piles of dirt and a dead soldier. Right. The reason you click them isn't because it's fun or because <laughs> it's continually fun. It's it, You click them because there's gold or possibly a legendary going to poop out of there. And it's just the same concept. Our brains respond to, I need to open this to get a thing. And we are <laughs> opening monsters in Doom to get great. <laughs> it's a stroke of genius. I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, Titanfall 2 is also on my list. Uh, easily the second best campaign I played this year. I'm not, I'm not even quite done with it. I, I started it a little late. But have that, you done already, the, the uh, time mechanic level, I guess? I have. The one with the portal. That stuff's amazing. Um, really clever, I keep hearing yeah. about toward the... I keep hearing at don't, the end. Don't spoil. Like, I haven't finished it either. But. Okay, okay. Yeah, there's some amazing <laughs> thing at the end. 
Uh, and I haven't gotten there either. But anyway, uh, Titanfall 2 is pretty incredible and uh, way underlooked, I think, this year. Well, not really. Critics love it. Uh, yeah, the thing, yeah, the funny thing about, about Titanfall 2 is that everyone says it's an awesome game and it's too bad that it didn't sell well. Um, yeah. But it's really a, a factor, uh, you know, a consequence of the fact that there were so many awesome games. It's really just that, right? Yeah. And the, yeah. the competition with Battlefield 1. But, so, somebody I has we to talk about that a couple episodes yeah, ago, yeah. just the placement of it in the yeah. year just did not do any, itself any favors. No, it didn't. I mean, there's other factors at play. EA really didn't get behind it in a way that I think yeah. would have helped them. This is, it's, it's silly how much they did get behind it for its Xbox exclusive uh, release for the first game that didn't have a campaign that was just a multiplayer experience, essentially, and then did nothing really to promote it this time. I'd be seriously bummed if I was those Respawn guys, because I, 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 I think they're, this is some of the best work of the year, and it's being overlooked by too many players, but critics like it. I loved it. I'm loving it. I need to finish it. Um, and then <clears throat> just a few other mentions. Hitman, uh, Hitman is still, I'm still going through it, but good Lord, Hitman's good. Oh, that's uh, that's best- interesting. I never thought you, you were oh, into Hitman. So, Hitman. So good. I mean, I'm not traditionally that much into Hitman. I was more of a, I don't know, Sam Fisher kind of guy, but, but <laughs> Hitman is, uh, Hitman has always been interesting. I like the idea of stealth assassination and creative ways, whatever, but this is another company where I felt like they went, all right, well, we've gotten too far from our formula in recent years. The Hitman games have been kind of tankers, And why? Well, we're trying to do things that aren't in the best interests of what we've established with Hitman. This game takes it back to what Hitman should have always stayed. Uh, it is more like Blood Money, if if the people need a point of reference, if you've played Blood Money. Yeah. Um, it's the, the everyone scoffed at the idea of it being episodic and coming out in chunks. Turns out that was the best thing ever. And it made it kind of perfect. It's really great. It's the funnest murder sandbox ever maybe i think it i think it's like um I, i'm talking about dishonored in a second but in dishonor you can choose like oh, the 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 like um stealthy approach or the like kill everyone approach kind of stuff or, or even like when you have your target you can choose to save them or do something that's non-lethal in the lethal thing but with hitman the, with dishonor there's only like two choices it feels like with hitman i feel like there's like so many choices and, and stuff on how to how to approach a level and it, it i think that's the replayability of the levels yeah and it's also just this their elusive targets thing they do where yeah, yeah. Well, for christmas only there's this <laughs> dude you can go try to assassinate on a map that you already have and like that stuff's really brilliant um it makes the world feel alive and and like i want to keep returning to it but also it's like here is a space now figure it out And here are all the tools that you can use, and you start getting real creative and and like listen to people that what they say like on the side, so you can kind of get an idea about some of, like this guy. This guy only drinks. Uh, it's almost like like in Game of Thrones. Um, this person only drinks this particular like cup of of liquor or whatever, so you can poison that and just get him or whatever. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. it's really brilliant. It's super good, and if you yeah. have played it people out there should really consider at least getting the first episode and seeing what you think and then the entire i got the entire set for like on sale for yeah it was like, 15 like, bucks on sale for black friday yeah for the whole it was season. ridiculous yeah. and that, it was just a no-brainer and worth way more i feel like yep. i ripped them off <laughs> <laughs> and then finally uh two two mentions i just want to make because i i love them so much uh steam world heist which was a multi-platform game 
the SteamWorld uh, game, the, the one previous to this was called SteamWorld Dig. It's a completely different game. Yeah. But it's it set is. in the same it's universe. Weird. It's like a, a Western cowboy space thing. Um, Heist is amazing. It's uh, I don't know what to compare it to. Imagine XCOM mixed with like a loot based system of getting loot. It's like side scrolling <laughs> XCOM. Oh, it's so bit. good. Yeah. It is so good. I yeah. I don't know that anything had me more. Um, how do I put this? Like I was concerned about it when I first got it because I thought this looks a little goofy. I don't know. Maybe this is a little low rent. It's not. It's awesome. This this story even is great. The writing's really good. The settings are great. The gameplay is nonstop awesome. Throw a little worms in there in terms of like aiming your gun and bouncing it sure. off walls. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Oh, it's so good. SteamWorld Heist. It's it's yeah. maybe runner up for my game of the year. I love it's that. On, it's on 3DS too. The, the PS4 version is the port from the 3DS version. So if you want to play it on the go or whatever, you can do that too. Yeah, I have it on Steam. I have it on iOS. Plays great on an iPad Pro, by the way. That's a really oh, great. Oh, that's what I thought. It's, that's cool. It's from December 2015. It's not yeah, from this it is. year. Oh, but it, came, it, it got ported this year. Oh, okay. So, so for the, uh, okay. okay. Yeah. So maybe, oh yeah, so maybe it doesn't count. Well, that, that's what oh, I yeah. discovered. It's fine, it's fine. Nope. So good. So, all right, here's a game I know came out for sure. It's on mobile. It's called Crashlands. I won't spend too much time talking about it because people can go research it themselves. But it's essentially, imagine these like uh, don't star <clears throat> style of, uh, survival games, except you don't have to worry about having too much inventory or swapping that stuff around. You don't have to worry about what tool is in your hand at any given time. And it's funny as hell and cross-platform and cloud saves. And, uh, can I, I can, play it on the plane? You can play it on the plane. You can connect. You can download your cloud saves as local saves. Play anywhere you want offline. You can sync those later. Play it on the PC. Go back to your iPhone. Go back to your iPad. Go back to your Android device. Uh, play it again on your PC. Like it's awesome. I love Crashlands, and people should be playing Crashlands, and it's cheap, nice. and they play Crashlands. So there you go. Cool. All right, that's Sorry, a bunch of stuff. Like. That was a long time. Sorry. <laughs> well, we had to chime in for a few of them, and we didn't talk too much about Overwatch, which I have a suspicion might be on some other people's uh, list. Ed, mm. what are your yeah. games of the, the your is favorite games anyone of shocked that it, Overwatch is my game of the year? <laughs> um, we're we're like right in the middle of recording our top five or top tens rather for four player network, um, and one of the things that I say I say about Overwatch is like it's just fun. <laughs> It's just good old, good old fashioned fun, and the the stories and the 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 work that Blizzard's doing like outside of the game to kind of tell their story. It's it's not unique because League of Legends does it too and stuff like that. But it's just cool, and the 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 animated shorts are awesome. It's just the whole package that Overwatch is what I think rises above for me. I'll, I don't know. I'll have if a little bit more to. to uh, well, okay, I can I can talk just, about it just now. Just go, um, go for it, Patrick. Yeah. So for me, Overwatch has been kind of a revelation. Um, it's been what what has brought me into the competitive FPS uh, world. What has taught me uh, what's fun about that world and what's enjoyable in the best way possible. Um, and I, I didn't think it was going to be that much of a big deal for me. I've been playing it. Uh, we talked about it a little bit on the instance uh, the other week, but I've been playing it every day, almost uh, certainly every week. Uh, and the if you if you're listening to Overwatchers, uh, a show I do about Overwatch um, with Garrett and Chris, my struggles in um, in in competitive mode have been 
one of the most game-wise uh, impactful thing for me this year, definitely. Um, it's kind of my Dark Souls-like trial, you know? <laughs> um, it, it's, it was something that was really difficult for me to uh, tackle, but which I'm finding rewarding in ways I didn't expect uh, once I have tackled it. It, it was huh. difficult because it was the first time I was confronted to real, uh, you know, competitive tilt. Like I was getting really angry in a way, you know, I'm a very <laughs> calm person, but I actually got angry, uh, like uncharacteristically, uh, I would, I would be, it was, it was like difficult to control physically. <laughs> it would do something to my, to me that I wasn't uh, used to. And so I had to learn to master those emotions, which are, in the case of a game, it's it's kind of, I don't know, I think people dismiss it a little bit more than if it was for sports. I'm sure, and, and you know, I don't play sports at any, I don't play much, much sports, and certainly not at a competitive level. So I have never had an opportunity to sort of explore what that, that that struggle of one has to win one has to lose uh does to you and what it does to your determination mm -hmm. what it does to your uh you know what you do once you're faced with that you can especially in in team games you can blame your team you can try to improve you can uh you know keep at it you can give up because it's just not for you, you don't have time for that kind of crap in your life um so Overall, Overwatch has made me experience all of this while still having mostly fun. Um, and and I'm sort of talking about the last maybe few months of the year for me, but also throughout the year, I found the fun in all of the different characters, the deep uh, gameplay elements in each different characters the lore which is really uh, interesting and and the kind of thing that i would use to get into about things like street fighter or you know fighting games that have mm -hmm. an ensemble yeah. character but it's it's not as dumb <laughs> because in in street fighter it's all, always you know done as a, an afterthought and it's really silly like in tekken best case scenario it's fun but in this one it's kind of uh, a little bit deeper so Everything about over, and you know, of course, my attachment to Blizzard as a company, showing that they can, again, as we talked about on the instance, showing that they can um, have a massive success with an old game like uh, World of Warcraft with Legion, and uh, still have a massive success with a completely new game and new IP with Overwatch, was kind of heartwarming uh, because it's nice, you know, to be rooting for the people who en uh, end up winning and. Again, as I often say, Overwatch was not pegged for a winner uh, in the beginning. You know, it was an FPS. Blizzard has no business doing an FPS. And it's kind of a copy of TF2. And it's kind of a MOBA, but not really. What is this mishmash of lots of different things? And it's too easy to get into. And But in the end, everyone, you know, discovered the joy of the game. So... It's a for many different reasons. For me, it's uh, obviously my favorite game of the year, and um, and and I think a, a success, an objective success for the company and for the industry. 
It's yeah, impossible saw, to see it in any other light. It is absolutely a runaway freaking success. I my thing about it is I feel like I'm I haven't played a, a like like you said Patrick a competitive multiplayer shooter since pro- probably Halo Two. You know mm. that's a long time ago. Um, and I I I love the feeling that I'm getting from this game where I'm constantly improving. And that's something like when I play competitive Rocket League and I play on, on matchmaking there, I feel like I am not constantly improving in that game i am as good as i'm ever going to be and i'm not going to get any better hmm. but in overwatch <clears throat> sorry in overwatch it's it I, I feel like i am consistently getting better and i'm able and that's the other thing like you can play any of these huge slot of characters and always be getting better at each one of those last night i played zenyatta and i got the most kills on my team whether that's because my team <laughs> sucked or i was really good i don't really know but I was just I was sitting on the point as Zenyatta. Zenyatta is very weak. I was sitting on the point as Zenyatta and just like totally throttling everyone who came who came at me. And it's just like that kind of stuff. It, it's it's satisfying to to do that. You know. Yeah. I think there is a level of. Uh uh fulfillment when you play the game and you manage to do stuff and there's not all the time but there's usually a point in the game when you're going to feel where you're going to manage to do something uh successfully no matter what level you are you know maybe if you're a bronze level you're going to do get an ultimate that kills two people or three and you're going to feel good about that if you're a higher level you're going to do a team stuff or you're going to go seek out and flank and get a, a healer whatever but there are always moments that make you that that little adrenaline rush uh, of or some dopamine yeah. or something that makes you feel good. Um, Scott, are you playing competitive at all or or not? Uh, I haven't so much this season. Um, okay. I've been really heavily involved in Heroes of the Storm recently, right? Uh, Which you didn't mention. I guess it's not from this year, but well, it's not from this year, and I and it should get an honorable mention. I, if I'm talking pure hours. Uh, mm-hmm. between if i had to add them all up i'll bet i'll bet heroes has more hours than anything else i played this year <laughs> um i love that game a lot and um but as a result i have been focusing i kind of like i'll I'll switch back and forth in terms of which competitive season i'm into so I'm, i'll go all out in hero league one uh one quarter or whatever and then i'll go all out in overwatch the next of course we've only had a couple in overwatch so it's not quite the same but um Placement matches, sure, I'm in there, but mostly when I'm in there, it's quick matches or checking out what the brawls right. are going to be, or you know, trying to knock out some some games with friends or whatever. Um, the biggest change that I love about that game, more most recently, is them moving uh, be anybody you want, as many as you want, over to the sort of arcade portion of the game and keeping quick match or putting quick match in a place that is a slightly better place to be now, mm. um, closer so that, to to the the mechanics you get in ranked games so it's less goofy less goofy um it it really they really did need that tier because i'm all for the goofy they need that too i think the game's great for having the goofy but now they've got these (laughs) great distinct places for the game to be they've got the goofy and the goofy is better than ever with with multiple oh my gosh that arcade is so awesome it's so much fun i love it the events are great all that stuff is crazy And then jumping, then you move up to the middle tier, which is now a really solid place, a quick play. It's a great place to be yeah. and play competitively. And you don't feel like it's just a joke when everyone goes, you know, Hanzo or whatever. And then <laughs> then you jump over to competitive and you've got your true, you know, uh, pedal to the metal sort of competitive mode. I think it's been the, the healthiest place it's been. And I'm, I'm 
I can't stop playing it. Oh, but Nerf, uh, Nerf Symmetra. Thank you. Yeah, that's going to oh come at some point, I hope. But uh, I got destroyed by a Symmetra last night. That was crazy. It happens. <laughs> um, so if if you want to follow the next step in the uh, trials and tribulations of Patrick in competitive Overwatch, you'll have to listen to the next Overwatchers podcast. Um, I'll have stuff to say. It's it's been an interesting interesting uh, uh, trip, and it's not over yet. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, your other games, Ed. Yeah, sure. Uh, I mentioned it just a second ago, but Dishonored Two. It's it's awesome. We I talked about it la- the last time I was on here, but it's it's more the same as Dishonored One, but better in every single way. Mm-hmm. Um, the the missions are fun. The story is interesting. The new powers are are crazy cool. So um, it's just I, it's kind of like Mass Effect, like we mentioned earlier. I just wanted another game to get back into that world, and that's what I got. So I was very happy with it. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, haven't mentioned it yet, but Uncharted 4, I think, was obviously a runaway success. You have down there at the bottom that Uncharted 4 just moved eight, uh, almost 9 million units, 8.7 million units. That's crazy. Um, the The game is 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 fun, and then the, the moments with, with Nate uh, Nate's brother are endearing, and it's just... It's everything that I expected out of Uncharted, and I think the shooting's better than the other games, um, which is quite the feat, and it's just cool. It's awesome. I I don't know if you guys want have anything to say. Yeah, just quickly, I think the game itself was a little bit disappointing for me. Um, Certainly the most beautiful game I've ever played. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But but it was a little bit disappointing. I think the ending, though, saved it. Um, Yeah, I agree. That's what put it really in a place where i I I mentioned it it, i mentioned it in my my top 10 but man the the ending i had a smile on my face the entire time and as as someone who's like about to get married and stuff like that i i hope (laughs) that i can have that kind of relationship yeah uh yeah two more um legion let's talk about legion real quick um it's i was really nervous going into this new next expansion Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, my rating guild fell apart a, a couple years ago, um, right towards the tail end of, uh, Blackrock Foundry in Warlords. And I didn't play, I hardly, I didn't rate at all really in, in, uh, in Hellfire Citadel. So I was really worried that this was going to be the kind of the end cap to my 11 year WoW playing, uh, experience. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't, they, they knocked everything out of the park. I, I'm able to play casually and do like world quests and have plenty of content to do every single day um and still be able to do dungeons and mythic dungeons mythic plus dungeons are crazy um it's just they they managed to uh keep the crack flowing and i'm i'm really happy for it (laughs) i I think you know um and the rating is cool i don't do i don't do it as much as i used to obviously but um but they they continue to be awesome about the rating and the, the story they took their story seriously um, this expansion, I think, mm-hmm. and they, they, I think the the quality of the storytelling and the what's going to happen in seven point two and beyond and stuff like that. I think it shows that they they want they are serious about telling the story that they want to tell. And Warlords was literally just there to get Goldan back, and that's all they really cared about there. <laughs> yeah, it feels like um, you know back to back on form is is yep. a, is an understatement Absolutely. it seems so committed and so so wanted to give us 
you know, the best possible rebound from from Warlords, and it's, it stands today as my, you know, it's right up there with Lich King as my best, my favorite content of the game. I really everyone's really like, like, we want class specific quests, we want class specific quests, and they're like, we'll give you class specific storylines in an order hall that's all for your entire class, and it's like, like they're like they. they we want more daily quests. We want more uh, more story and stuff like that. And they're like, or everything you're asking for, I we hear you. We hear you. How about we turn it up like four points up, and then you can get that instead. And, we're, and everyone's just like, <laughs> yay! Yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, and and again, I keep referencing <clears throat> the episode of the instance we did uh, last week about 2016, but it also means so much for the company that they 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 have now proven. I think there's no more uh, discussing what World of Warcraft does or doesn't do. One expansion might mm-hmm. be better, one expansion might be worse, but overall, there's always a chance for an expansion to come out and be excellent in every way possible and bring back people who might not have been playing before. Maybe it's not going to be the next one, maybe not the one after that, but it's just a, a you know a service now that just runs. So, yeah. Um, Anyway, and last so one. lastly, yeah. Last one, The Witness. I had yeah. I completed The Witness like all the way through, like did everything. <laughs> um that game is awesome. It teaches you how to play it a little bit at a time. It gives you little bite-sized pieces to learn how how this mechanics work and um I I'm the in inside which we we might talk about in a little bit. Um they they kind of teach you mechanics by like kind of observing what happens in the background in a way, um, but with the witness teaches you the mechanics by you actually doing them like every single time every every single mechanic you want to learn you do it and the, the way he designed these puzzles so that they <clears throat> sorry oh geez um, the way he designed these puzzles so that they kind of interact with the world around them is something that is really unique. Um, in the kind of first-person puzzler um, genre, uh, and w- the ending to that, that quote-unquote ending to that game, where you get that last achievement, it's called challenge. I have never felt more frantic in a first-person puzzler than I have in that version of the game because you like <laughs> you're timed, and the whole time it's playing that that the song. It's a uh, I'm I'm sorry, but the do 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 like that song, you know, right. <laughs> it's play, it's playing that song the entire time you're trying to solve these series of puzzles that if the song ends, then it resets, you know. So just that that song and going through the puzzles and it plays the entire song, which is pretty long. So you understand, like, and I, I didn't get to the end a couple times. So just it, it just felt awesome to be able to do that part of the game you know it's it's uh it's one of the games i wanted i was really excited about and just so many things that i didn't take the time to uh to even i don't have it i'm gonna add it to yeah. my wish list uh, that <laughs> with hitman I'm, I'm gonna add them to my wish list but uh all right yeah game, when i look at Wit the witness i always think oh i should play that and then i think I don't know if I have enough freaking brain left to play that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's... it definitely it's definitely taxing on on the brain cells, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you can't. You, oh you wait, almost... I do have it. What the hell? You already have it, and you haven't played I it. I have it. I haven't even launched it. Oh my gosh! Oh, the greatest puzzle of them all was Patrick had it the whole time. 
<laughs> well, I'm going to yeah, have to play it. It's cool. Um, there, there are parts of that game that like you, you go up to a puzzle and you're like, I have no idea how I'm supposed to solve this. And you go like further down the line to the first one and you're like, okay, I kind of get it. I kind of get it. And that, that satisfaction of like constantly unlocking, it's almost like you're building new paths in your brain in a way to kind of mm-hmm. figure out how to, how to, how to play it. And it, I mean, it's just, it's just cool. It's awesome. All right. Well, I'll have to play it at some point uh, <laughs> along with the other 15 games from this year. I mean, yeah. honestly, I don't think there's ever ever been a year. I think we sort of said that, that last year, but there's ever been a year that was so full of excellent games I want to play, but I just don't have time because there are more excellent games that I want to play too. But um, we say, we've been saying that for the past few weeks and maybe 2017 will be the same. Um My so my favorite games are uh, Doom, Overwatch, which I've talked about expen- extensively, and Inside, which I've talked about. I found it maybe uh, a month before the end of the year, and I've talked about it recently on the show. But boy, is that game like everything! It's an indie game, very much an indie game, and I'm so happy these games can exist and can be successful um, in today's panorama of the industry. Everything from, you know, it's simple puzzle games, it's simple puzzles, so it's not too challenging, but the art of it, the uh, emotions that go, that they make you feel through that game are some of the best I've seen in many years in any game. So, again, I'm not going to spend too much time on it, but um, yeah, Ed? It's crazy the array of emotions that you get. It's like mm. all up and down the spectrum from yeah, like, what is going on to, oh my God, I'm terrified right now. There's, there's actually a clip of me playing that game where the, like the little shadow thing comes at you and I actually like scream and squeal a little <laughs> bit from, from being scared and yeah. just being like, it, it's, it's awesome. It, it's, like I said, it teaches you how to play as you're playing it. And yeah, it's crazy. Mm. I don't know what's happening near your house, but if that beeping they're, is happening... They're like, They're built. They have a little crane. It's a little crane thing that okay. that every time they move it, it beeps, <laughs> yeah. which is obviously very irritating. So I keep trying to mute my mic so you don't hear it too much. But <laughs> it's okay. Um, all right, so let's move on to the most anticipated games of 2017. Uh, and once again, Scott, uh, what is your? What are your games of 2017? Uh, for me, it's simple. Three. There's three, and they're the only <laughs> three I care about. Red Dead 2 is easily and by mm-hmm. far and far and away the one game I want the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was my game of the generation for the 360 PS3 era. And uh, if it's the fact that there has never been a port to the PC is this seriously one of the saddest conditions of my life. Um, Crime. I'd, I'd pay full price for it tomorrow if they released it. I, I absolutely would. I'd love Red Dead so much. Uh, so that's an easy pick. Mass Effect Andromeda is a big deal for me. And Zelda... Um, That really, uh, those are the three that I'm most looking forward to. Here, here's what I know. 2017, like all years, will be full of weird, out-of-nowhere indie things on Steam and stuff that I love, that kind of thing. Yep. And they're going to come out of nowhere. I'm not going to ex- expect them, and they're going to smack me in the face and change my world. So so I'm looking forward to that also, but that's less of a game and more of a lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Red Dead, uh, it's interesting because I'm really wondering if it's going to be anything other than Red Dead 1. And mm. if that's the case, it's going to be good. Everyone's going to play it. But I don't know. I mean, it's it's in my list as well. Obviously, it's on the top of my list even. But I, mm. I 
I only recently started st- taking a step back from the excitement of the announcement and thinking, wait a second, what are we hoping for here? What is what is it we, we hope we're going to get? And I think what we're going to get is Red Dead in a more pretty version. And I don't know if an old game prettier is going to be enough. You know, it's it might be kind of like uncharted three you know or maybe even uncharted Mm. four which was cool but it wasn't like it didn't make my list for example uncharted right 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 um mass effect yeah zelda i think you're going to be disappointed scott i think we're all going to be disappointed oh don't say that please you're an insane person that game's going to be great it's going to be a switch seller it is going to be incredible. I think you're 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 nuts. You've eaten too much cheese and wine. There was week. there was a recent report um, from the same person that has been doing all the kind of leaks that uh, she was wrong and Zelda might actually come out uh, day and date with Switch. Yeah, uh, I've seen that. I think it's the localization that's not available. So either Europe doesn't get it uh, at right. the same time, or or yeah, we yeah. get it in English, and then there's going to be uh, languages, you know that are added via downloads or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean that that would be great. I just think the game is is going to be you need to be wearing serious Nintendo goggles to expect that much. Well, not to expect but to look at what's been shown and think this is awesome. Maybe it's got to be in the end because it's Zelda, but anyway. Um all right. And Mass Effect we've already talked about a little bit. Ed, what are your most anticipated games i'll go down the list real quick there's a lot here we talked about zelda already um halo wars 2 the first halo wars was a surprise for a console rts and it actually was pretty pretty good in the the cinematics in that game i go back and watch them uh all the time uh so if blur is doing the cinematics for halo wars 2 again so that's if those are there that that's really all that really matters to me um Red Dead Redemption 2, we already talked about that. Mass Effect Andromeda. Gravity Rush 2. Gravity Rush was this little kind of indie-level game, like weird Japanese game that came out on the Vita, and it was ported to PS4, and the Gravity Rush 2 is coming to PS4. It's it's fun. It controls like a dream, and... um, it controls weird, different than like anything else that any anything else really does, um, and it's, it's just cool. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn is looks awesome, and I'm looking forward to another game where you can shoot a bow. Um, <laughs> that's so pretty that's soon, all, right? When is it yeah, coming it's out? February, it's in a few weeks, February. right? Yeah, yeah or, uh, I think it's late February, like 21st or something like that. Um, yeah, it, it's 28th. Yeah. To, so the end of February. yeah, it's, it's gonna be awesome. Um, and uh, then Neo, which is a kind of Souls-like samurai game. Um, so it's just kind of the same kind of feel as Dark Souls or Bloodborne or whatever. Um, but you play as a samurai instead. So that's awesome. All right. Yeah, I yeah, there are some games. I'm surprised. I think the, the, the one that surprises me the most is uh, Halo Wars 2. Because I, <laughs> I never got into Halo Wars. I, I'm not a big Halo fan. I sort of miss yeah. that. Um, but the fact that it's an RTS at a time when RTSs are not the most popular genre, um, it's, it's, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm a little bit more intrigued uh, because of that than, um, than I, I, I would think, have been if it was. Honestly, I think it was probably, it actually sold decently well. Yeah. Um, the first one did. So I, I think Microsoft looks at that and say, we already have these systems like locked in. 
and and so we just need to like build the story around it. I wonder if it, it, it it's a relatively I guess cheap game to to put out and right and be successful. Um, all right. So for me, Mass Effect, of course, uh, Horizon as well, Red Dead, yes. Um, some other ones that you guys didn't mention, Persona Five. Very excited about it. Uh, as I've said many times on this show, Persona is a, a, a very special series, which I, I got into with the uh, fourth one. Uh, so it's not like I'm an old school Persona fan, but uh, it, it really had a, a, a very specific uh, atmosphere to the game, which I'm looking forward to uh, getting more of in the fifth one. Uh, Tekken 7, which, again, I'm really excited about it. I'm a fighting game fan, and I sort of had forgotten about Tekken 7, which has been out in the arcades in, in Japan mainly for a long time. But it is coming for the PlayStation 4. So, well, I think for all consoles. Um, so that's going to be awesome. And uh, and I know it's going to be awesome because I've played it already. So I know the game is fun. Um, and I forgot in the French show, in the French version of my gaming show... Um, I forgot to mention Destiny. I can't believe I forgot Destiny 2. Um, it's, it's, I was listening to another podcast when they, uh, mentioned Destiny and I was like, how did I not, how did I forget this? As you guys know, Destiny 1 was my life for a very long time. Um, <laughs> the, the Taken King was a wonder of a, a revamp of a game and um and and destiny 2 i'm hoping is going as you know the uh, iron whatever this year was a tiny thing and didn't really get me into it but i'm hoping destiny 2 is going to bring uh the the marvelous uh elements of destiny to a wider public by making it more less of a narrow slice of gameplay than it is now so we'll see how that works out um yeah. and then a, a Oh, sorry, Scott. Did you? No, I was just gonna, I, I, I agree, and and then also I wish I liked Destiny more. So maybe Destiny Two will be it for me. I hope it's more op- open worldy. Mm. I guess it's yeah. Diablo. It's Diablo as an FPS. There's. I, I know. I know. Sort it of. Is. Sort I of. I could play. <laughs> if you said to me right now, hey Scott, what do you want to go play? You only can two two things: Destiny or Diablo. I go play Diablo. Yeah. No, I know because you're a Diablo <laughs> nut, but. Um, <laughs> um, all right, some games that might come out in 2017, but probably not. Um, I mean, and also I want to see more about them before I decide if I'm really excited about them. Uh, God of War, I think I'm, I'm sort of kidding myself. I'm very excited about it, but it's, we've seen 10 <laughs> minutes of it. So it's kind of hard to, be, to objectively say it's uh, one of my most anticipated games of 2017, especially since it might not come out in 2017, probably won't. Um, Days Gone, same thing. And Detroit, uh, Becoming Human, Being Human, um, whatever, is also very intriguing. Become Human. Become Human. All right, there yeah. you go. Um, and Days Gone, I mean... Oh my god that E3 demo but it's really it's really that it's just a demo and also yeah. I think the uh the last of us feel of it might be a great way of getting that last of us ish uh fix of a very specific type of post apocalyptic uh setting before the last of us uh, part 2 finally comes out so I don't know I think Dave's gone might benefit from that as well for me Days Gone felt more like Dead Rising without all the silliness than mm-hmm. it did The Last of Us for me. Yeah, it did. Which in- I might be okay with. But yeah, 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 yeah. 
No, I agree, but it did in the action scenes, right? In the very frantic gameplay moments, it did that. But in the yeah. walking around and, you know, the guitar and the colors it's and the desolation. Style of it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it was, it was a little bit more uh, The Last of Us. It was really like, yeah, sure. you oh. know, in the forest and you're just walking around and, and you can hear uh, Santa Lala's guitar almost in the background. It's like they, uh, The Last of Us conditioning. And maybe I should just go and play The Last of Us again. Won't be the first time. <laughs> Um, and finally, the Switch, of course, you know, that's highly yep. anticipated. And we'll know more in a week. So um, please, please, as they would say in a Nintendo video, please look forward to it. Uh, we'll be <laughs> <laughs> covering it in the next episode. And I hope you join us again at that point, um, because there will be a lot to say, I'm sure. Anything else you guys want to add for 2016 or 2017 before we close off the show and go do the instant year last year uh, for a year that was filled with lots of other weirdness uh, games didn't seem to be uh, um, affected. It seemed like a really banner year. So I'm excited for 2017 in that regard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think this is one of the, I think this is the year and I, I almost would have given it last year, but this is the year where, I have a greater list of games that I wish I had time I had time to play during the year <laughs> than any previous year. Mm-hmm. Um, and as my stockpile keeps getting bigger and bigger of games that I own and haven't played yet, that's just not a good sign for me. It's going to be a problem. And imagine we are people who basically do this for a living. I mean, there's <laughs> a lot of stuff we have to do, but how do people how do you dedicate enough time to play all the games you want to play? I guess no one can. It's, no, it's, uh, yeah. it's an embarrassment of riches. Like we've never had a world like this where the, every day there's something new on a platform for me to play somewhere like mm-hmm. every freaking day. And that's just, it's insane. Like it used to be, Oh, there's one game every two months I care about. Yeah, exactly. Not, oh. And, and I, I think there is something to be said about the, um, the fact that like steam, and like even PlayStation and Xbox to a certain extent don't really have as much curation as they used to. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of crap that, that shows up on those platforms. Um, and it's really hard to separate the wheat from the chaff um, sometimes. So I wonder if 2017 will be the year of like more curated um, experiences in these stores um, kind of using like uh, machine learning and stuff like that, that we've talked that we've talked about on other podcasts and stuff like that. The stores um, definitely could use some work, uh, the UI yeah. and the recommendation system. and But, you know, right. even talking about crap and wheat and chaff, uh, even I'm getting uh, videos, ads on YouTube now for mobile games. That they're doing, I don't know if you're getting those ads, but it's basically uh, uh, just uh, a portion of the game with a character walking around at level one, and then they show you level 10, and they show you level 50, and they gain in power and the character is more, you know, cooler, looks cooler, has more flames and skulls and whatever. And I'm like, I, I feel bad about it, but I kind of want to go and try it. It's <laughs> like even there, I'm, I'm like tickled by the, mm-hmm. the, the thing they're doing. So too many games. Um, it's a crazy time. It's, I mean, it's so different than it used to be. People, we just don't realize it because it happened kind of slowly and over time. Mm-hmm. But we can have these experiences within minutes of downloading them on multiple platforms, on the go, at home, in multiple places, cross saves. Like, it's just this gamut of AAA down to some 
weird mobile thing that you end up being addicted to. And I, it's just never been like this. It's just mm-hmm. insane. Ah, well, more of that waiting for you in 2017, I'm sure. And uh, to help everyone enjoy it, you will be able to follow Scott at those places. That's right. Follow me on Twitter, at Scott Johnson. Uh, you can find pretty much everything going on there. Frogpants.com for all the shows and the art and stuff. And, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff planned for this year. So uh, follow me and find out more. Excellent. Ed, what about you? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Adesis. Um, we stream every night over at 4pp.tv. Um, and keep an eye out on 4playernetwork.com for the upcoming Game of the Year videos. Uh, and I think next week we're doing our game of the year, big podcast. I'm not actually on it, but I, I do a lot of things, uh, in the, in the background, but, uh, keep an eye on the website for my top 10 game of the, games of the year for, uh, 2016. Excellent. Nice. Uh, as for me, uh, I'm not Pat- Patrick on Twitter and Facebook, and you can find this show at frenchspin.com along with uh, the Phyllis Club, which will also help us get through 2017 in a more, um, how can I say it, a more open and a positive way. Let's put it like that. <laughs> so if you want that kind of atmosphere, you can go to frenchspin.com and uh, get the comments for this show and uh, the other one. Uh, and of course, the instance, Overwatchers, uh, Daily Tech News Show, all of those will be there as well in 2017. I'm looking forward to being part of your everyday lives in all of those ways uh, for the whole year. So have an excellent uh, few weeks and uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with the Switch details. Woohoo! Talk to you then. <laughs> <laughs>